BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. How old were you when the alien encounters first started? Four or five years old. I was real young. I got really scared when I had a bad encounter. And I saw it, like, carry my sister down the hallway. And did any part of you desire to intervene, like thinking that your sister was in danger and you needed to do something? I was terrified because not all of them were friendly. Some were scary. Hello? Carl? Hey, Gek. How are you? I'm doing all right, Carl. How are you? Doing awesome. Awesome. Uh, Carl uh, says here you're 24 years old from Florida. And that uh, you were abducted by aliens as a child. Yeah, it was a little, little odd. It was, it was more like they came to visit my room. Why do you think they came to visit your room? I don't know, man. Like when I was younger, I had like really bad nightmares, and um, one of the things that would happen is, like, I would see stuff floating in my room, and so one time. Like, really late at night, and man, I was terrified of sleeping with the lights not being on. Like, if the lights weren't on, I'd freak out. But I would see, like, this little, like, two-and-a-half-foot-tall dude in, like, sparkling black pajamas, like, dancing and moonwalking with me. And, like, that was the only time, like, I wasn't really afraid of the encounters. But there was a few times where it, like, got super like super scary bro like there was one time like when i was like um i would say six i was sitting there watching tv in the dark just sitting there watching cartoons because you know back in the day you know tvs were a lot different (laughs) you didn't have them everywhere like now well so hold on so hold on hold on back back up back up first for a second carl uh how old were you when the alien encounters first started I would say about four or five years old. I was real young. Okay, about four or five years old. And tell me about the very first one. Was it as you because because you're painting sort of two separate pictures? One where the aliens are dancing with you and they come in peace and they're your friend, and then one where yeah. they are hostile yeah. to you. And yeah, w- w- in, in what form did they come the very first time? Uh, it would be both at the same time because it would have different shapes. There'd probably be about two or three different types, you know, um, like, 
like sometimes it'd just be like Fort Norris, and then sometimes it'd be actual like they take on a human form, but they would look like a shadow, if that makes sense, a sparkly shadow just walking around my room. Did they talk to you at all? Did they say anything? <sighs> no, but I would see them pick up. Like there was one time I got really scared when I had a bad encounter. And I saw it, like, carry my sister down the hallway. And my sister didn't wake up. That was the crazy part. And then so put her back him, in the bed. So you saw him carry your sister down yeah. the hallway. And did any yeah. part of you desire to intervene, like, thinking that your sister was in danger and you needed to do something? I was terrified. Because not all of them were friendly. Some were scary. And tell me, tell me more about the ones that I, were friendly. So so the friendly ones, would, I, I guess when they figured out that I was too traumatized, the friendly one would come down and just, like, dance. And, like, no one else would hear this, but I'd, like, hear, like, this little, like, do-do-do-do-do-do and, like, music, and the thing would dance and, like, moonwalk. It's crazy. And he was, like, a little midget thing. He wasn't, like, tall. He was, like, maybe three feet tall. And that was it. He just looked like and a sparkly shadow. The hostile aliens, the ones that that you got bad vibes from, were they short as well, or were they were they a different size? Uh, they would be. They would have extremely exaggerated arms or legs, hmm. and they would almost look like Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah, yeah. Like 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 watching TV one night. I saw a Groot-like arm, probably about six to eight feet long, reach up from under the bed and try to grab me. Hmm. And, and that, that, that pair. And it, it, you said it tried to grab you? Yes. Yes. Hmm. Was, there any, was there any other instances of the aliens trying to touch you or, or like, fuck with you in any way? The grabbing was probably towards the end because they knew I wasn't being receptive. Hmm. And so when they grabbed me, I just started screaming, screaming. And my family came in the room, and that was it. I mean, my family was not happy about me, convinced that I was seeing this stuff because, you know, they didn't see it. They didn't encounter it. And I don't know if it put them in a trance. I don't know if it blacked them out. I don't know. And so, so when, times... whenever, no, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So 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 whenever like it hit the point that I'd freak out, man, my dad would um, get and my mom would get really really upset with me and be abusive over it to the point because they were terrified. I mean, they were just frustrated. They're like, you got this little five year old kid six-year-old kid waking us up at all hours of the night screaming it was almost like a episode of poltergeist you said they you said they would be abusive and, well yeah i mean like go to bed now you know and they'd okay. get mad at me because i couldn't sleep without the lights on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah uh, how many times did this happen uh these these alien encounters i would say probably over the course of about three years. Okay, so over the course of about three years, and how many instances in those three years? I would say about maybe twice a week, two to three times a week. Two to three times midnight. a week? Yeah. 
they'd come down and oh, visit. Man. I don't know. Yeah. So this was this is this is not just like a a, a couple times thing. This this happened a lot. Uh, right. Okay. Right. And um, did it did it always happen on certain days, or was it just random? It was random. It was random. I remember being so afraid of waking my parents up. I'd hide in the closet or in different parts of the house to get away from them. So I imagine that over the course of these three years, like if, if you were getting visited by aliens twice a week, yeah. imagine that during your waking hours, you're afraid to go to bed. Yeah. Like every night. Absolutely. I was afraid of the dark completely. Okay. And you tell your parents about this and they just get pissed off and frustrated with you and they don't want to have anything to do with it. Right. Yeah. Right. Do you do you tell your sister about this? Yeah, and I mean, me and it was one of the situations where we talked about it, but she didn't reciprocate. It was just I was weird. If that makes okay. sense, and she just didn't want to talk about it. And you you kind of were telling me about like there's the friendly aliens and there's the hostile ones. And yes, how often? I mean, this is happening. This must have happened to you like at least a hundred times. Uh, yeah. How often were the aliens friendly versus hostile? Like, if you had to give me a percentage, ninety percent of the time hostile. Okay. Hmm. Or maybe a language barrier, and I just did they it as being hostile. Interest, interesting, interesting. So you believe that there's a chance that they weren't being hostile, that they were just communicating to you with actually pure intentions, but because of a language barrier, you interpreted it as hostile. Maybe, maybe about forty percent of the hostile encounters. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Right. So it happened for. All right, so you're twenty four years old. When when did this stop happening? Yeah, I would say when I was about nine or ten. Okay, um, and it says here that it hasn't happened recently because you think they don't like you anymore. Is that accurate? Yeah, um, yeah. I got family that are devout Christians. And um, they prayed against it. And when they prayed, they just left. Interesting. So you think that your family praying against it is keeping keeping them away? Happily, so I would say yes. Uh, are you are you a Christian? Yes. Um, do you do you pray them away? Yeah, the, the scary ones, yes. Um, so, can I ask? Has anything like supernatural kind of happened to you? I mean, this was—it's been about like fourteen years. Has anything yeah. kind of supernatural happened to you in those past fourteen years, aside from just this alien thing? 
Mm, no, not no, no, no. Just it was like it was completely unplugged and stopped at age nine, ten. And and it happened right when you started praying. Yes. Do you pray every day? Yeah. Yeah. And every day that you pray for the past 14 years, do you think about these creatures? When I was younger, yes. Yeah, because it was a traumatic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about when you pray nowadays? Man, just life direction, man. Okay. That's the biggest thing. I mean, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, did, have you ever talked about these aliens with like an actual psychiatrist or therapist? Uh, my mom, when I was real young, took me to someone and, um, she told him that, uh, she was praying against when I got older, actually probably about nine and um that stopped them and when they told her that the psychologist basically said um you shouldn't have done that and that and that you're just feeding into the illusions mm. okay so the the psychologist told your mom uh that she shouldn't feed into your delusions pretty much okay um so do you I said and this was when you were nine. Yes. Um okay, so you're twenty four years old, you're an adult now. Have you made any yes. effort, like, you know, independently to talk to a psychiatrist about this? Uh other instances, but no, not this, because honestly I, I blacked a lot of it out. Yeah. It was, it was I mean, so traumatic when I was young. Interesting. Well, I mean, okay. So tell me this. Then. Tell me. Tell me this. Then tell me this. Then how do you feel yeah. like in this very moment, talking to me and all these other people listening about it? Yeah. yeah. I I I I wanted to talk in a way that it would be an open-minded setting. And I sure. feel like you're open-minded. Sure. So it feels so you you don't feel like because uh, I because I I want to kind of get to why you don't feel like you can talk to a, a psychiatrist about this. Like, is it a like is there, is there like a fear against doing that? They're expensive. They are fucking expensive. That's true. That is yeah. very true. Not everyone can talk to a deck guy. That is true. You know? Yeah. Um, $40 to $60 an hour. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I just run into this thing where it's hard because I always, I always tell people at, you know, obviously I'm not even a fake therapist. I'm a, I'm a guy in a gecko costume talking to people, but... Um, hey, I always tell people they should go talk to an actual therapist if they're trying to talk to me about something that I've talked to an actual therapist about. Um, and yeah. then I always, you know, they're like, therapists are expensive, and I'm like, that's true. 
Um, but, 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 but I would but, I would look into re- I would I, I would I would look into whatever you know. Listen, I I want to keep talking about this, but just as an aside, I I would look into whatever resources uh, are available for you um, to talk to a, yeah. a real a real right. therapist. Um, but well, I guess all of that aside, um, is yeah. this you know all that aside is this something that like contemporarily. You know, as a 24-year-old, as you sort of go th- about your day-to-day life, is this something that still, like, affects you? Maybe out of sub- fear. Maybe I have a, some fear that I deal with. Okay. You know, dealing with dealing with being assertive and making decisions to do stuff. Mm. You know, because you're afraid you're going to make the wrong decision. You know, and that, and that, um, it would make a mistake. You know how how do how do these aliens and these encounters how have they influenced uh, your feelings about decision making? I, I think making the wrong decisions or the wrong moves or making something angry. You know that that that's that's the, that's the biggest thing. You don't want to encounter. I don't know. I don't want to say wrath of the alien. You know, that's probably sure. the wrong thing to say. I mean, I, is but, is is that it? Are you like afraid that if you make the wrong decision, that like they'll come back? I don't know. It's just you know, like you, you know, when you're five and six years old and your parents are yelling at you to go to bed. You know. Yeah. It's like yeah. you, you know, you, like you go to your mom and dad for protection and say, "Hey, mom, you know, I'm yeah. I'm, 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 I'm scared." And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Go to bed now! I got to be at the factory at six a.m." You know, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. talking quietly. I'm not sure the rest of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, I I totally I I can see that right because you're fucking six. Yeah. And whether or not that yeah. look, whether or not it actually happened, you believe right. that fucking aliens are coming to fucking attack you. You're six. You don't have any. any you know, any, you really kind of don't have any tools when you're six years old to deal with anything except yeah. for your parents. And so you go to your parents, mm-hmm. and they fucking become like an extra source of hostility toward you. And like, yeah, that mm-hmm. fucking sucks. I can see why that uh, uh, would would have an effect on someone for sure. Um, and I'm sorry that that happened to you. I feel like you deserve yeah. better. You seem like a sweet guy. You don't seem like you deserve anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what made me want to ask was, um, I, 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 I was a friend of my family sent me a link about Fran being abducted and I was kind of like hoping that this would open up dialogue into that and give me some like answers that you know I'm not alone there's other people that have dealt with this you know Fran? there's a chain yeah like Fran Drescher uh well okay alright alright well uh, well, hold on hold on Fran, Fran was abducted by like assailants. Not, I don't think she was abducted by aliens. It's on the Today Show. Really? Did she talk about being abducted by? I have you know more about her yeah. than I do, probably. Yeah, Google it. 
It's um, true. Well, uh, look, I can put a word in. I'll I'll see if uh, if I, I I know she was abducted, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't by aliens. I'm pretty sure it was by like no, no, no. you know assailants. She talked about her hand, her hand, huh? Being like a transmitter. You can Google it. Well, I'm, well, look, well, look, look, look. I'll, look. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much. You're definitely not alone in you know people reporting. Uh, uh, encounters with with aliens and whatnot. I am I'm not going to throw my um you know hat in the ring as to you know my opinions on whether or not any of that stuff is real because I you know who the fuck am I to determine reality? But yeah. um, man, look at the end of the day, uh, I will say you know I do hope that uh you you find the I I again I know it's I know it's tough for people out there to find like actual help, but uh, I I do hope that you can find. Uh, you know, a licensed person to kind of talk through this shit with that can uh, help you make better sense of it. Um, you totally didn't deserve for uh, your parents to like fucking yell at you when you were in that right. position. Um, yeah. And man, I appreciate you sharing this stuff. This is interesting. I feel like there's got to be somebody listening who's had a a similar experience as you with yeah. these aliens Thank that, you. that yeah. maybe we'll reach out. Um, is there anything else that you want to say about the whole thing or about anything in general before we go? The, the Groot hand when I was younger scared me. Like that was probably the most traumatic because like, you know, you're sitting there watching TV and you see like a nine foot arm come out and try to grab you out of the bed. You know, that was probably the scariest. But see, like 99% of the time, they're scary. But there was that one that 10% of the time where, like, I guess they would try to make me laugh. They're playing good com- They're playing good alien, bad alien on you. Maybe, maybe. Like, 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 that was the weird one. Like, when you see, like, a two-and-a-half-foot-tall, dark shadow sparkly, and at first you're scared, but you realize the dude's dancing, and you're hearing, like, music. You know, hmm. I wonder if there's like, and, and this will probably be the last thing I have to say about this. Um, yeah, it's yeah. totally, totally uninformed. But I wonder if there's like, a, you know how people have like lucid dreams where like they can kind of yeah. like awaken themselves to determine the reality of, you know, whatever, the dream reality of what's going on. Like, is no. there a version I, of that no. when you're in these encounters where you can sort of take control of the situation and, and perceive the aliens to be uh, uh, helpful, you know? Like, you can kind of well, take control over whether or not they're helpful or hostile? Maybe. They were more like ghosts, because there's one point where, like, I got bold enough to just run through them, huh. if that made sense. So, so, but I was 100% aware like, 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 I wasn't, I wasn't asleep or coming out of a dream state, if that makes sense. Carl, is there anything else that you would like to say before we go? No, sir. Thank you for your time. Hey, thank you for, thank you for calling, Carl. Appreciate you. Yep. Appreciate you. Bye. Oh, man. I, you know what's interesting is I feel everybody listening to that like had their own like uh um 
imagination in their head of what Carl's aliens looked like. And now I'm thinking about what ever what everyone's different uh, imagination of the aliens looked like. Mine, they looked like little uh, outlines of creatures that had like stars in them or some shit, and they're kind of dancing around. Man, I fucking feel for Carl because I, I I want him to, I want him to be able to talk about all that shit with like an actual psychiatrist. And this happens so this happens so often on this podcast where someone will will come to something and of course I'll be like, hey, you know, you should probably talk about that with a real therapist. And then I'm like, man, I wish I could sit in the room while he's talking about that with an actual psychiatrist and like actually like get their take on what's going on. Because I have obviously no idea, but I, I do I do wonder what they would have to say about what's going on with Carl. You know, if it is some form of a delusion, if it is some sort of masking of uh, a traumatic event that we that's not even, you know, being brought up or if it's fucking aliens. What if he goes to see a therapist and they're like, yeah, th- that's aliens. Aliens exist and they did try to abduct you. And uh, that means that you're the chosen person. And that uh, I have to give you a million dollars. That could be what happens. I have no idea. I have no semblance of the thing. But that's spooky. I felt bad for him too when he was talking about how his parents were just being jerks about it. Because really when you're six, you, you have you have nothing. You know, I mean, he's 24 now. And you can kind of, if you're 24 and you get abducted by aliens, you can kind of be like, oh, well, that was weird that I thought about that. But when you're six, you have, every, every, you, when you're six, you accept everything that happens to you at face value. So if you, if you are fucking getting abducted by aliens and you're six, you're not, you're not much of a skeptic when you're six. You're still believing in Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and shit. So you have every right to take everything that happens to you at face value. And so the fear that you feel when that happens to you, it's real. It's like, oh, I'm fucking getting abducted by aliens. Like, you're really feeling that. And you go to your parents, who are supposed to be the only people in your life who can really um, count on for anything. And then they give you, they respond to you with more fear. But it's not your fucking fault, because you're six. You're just, you're six. You're nothing. None of your actions are propelled by anything except for the whatever emotion you're feeling at that time. And you're, whatever emotion you're feeling at that time, you're not even in control of because you're, because you're six. Fucking Carl. I, I feel for him. I hope, I hope he gets whatever help he needs. Carl, Carl, Carl. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello? Hello? Hi, is this Jessica? It is. Is this the Uh, gecko? This is the gecko. 
what's your life like jessica oh my god oh you know just crashing down around me but i'm surviving is that true is it really crashing down around you well i guess it could always be worse but you know well what what is it then what is it that made you like gut say that it's crashing down around you well, I don't know, just the way that my life has been the past, like, month or so. I was um, living with my grandparents, and then my grandparents kicked me out of my house. And I have a dog, so I had to find another my dog. Um, and then I had to move in with my dad. I quit my job and everything. So, and now I live, like... 30 it's not that big of a deal but it's like 30 minutes away from my boyfriend and i just had to like uproot my life and everything and that happened the last like month or so so i'm just trying to figure out my life right now why did uh your grandparents kick you out um they it's kind of complicated but um my grandparents are just they're not the nicest people um and they were very mentally abusive towards me um so it was better for my mental health because i've lived with my grandparents since i was like 16 like on and off and everything like that so i've just kind of been like i moved around a lot as a kid but um so are you feeling i just never had a good are you are you feeling better now that you've moved out oh 100 100 so i knew it was the right move but yeah, it just sucks because I had to get, I had to find a new home for my dog because my dad was allergic, so and he couldn't live in his apartment. So, oh, so you figured all the that out. I well, I, it's not like I didn't have to give him up completely. Like he's just temporarily staying at this lady's house um, until I can find another place to live, pretty much. Um, well, it says here, Jessica, that uh, a couple months ago you were diagnosed with herpes, and you would like to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, um, that happened like in like August or so, and like previously, I was like in a relationship with someone for like two years, and we like broke up like a couple months before August, and then I was just kind of like. Wanted to get out there again and everything. Um, so I did what everyone does and downloaded, um, I think it was Tinder or Hinge. You know, one of those Tinder. dating things that people do. But um, yeah, so I was talking with this guy and um, we hung out a couple times and he acted like he was totally into me and everything. And like... Um, Probably the fourth time into like hanging out with him, I was like, noticed that, you know, something was off down there. And then I went to, before I could even confront this guy, like out of the blue, he was just like, you know, like, I'm just like, I just can't have sex anymore. And I just thought that was the weirdest thing. It was even before I told him that like something was going on. Um, because it was before I got, like, tested officially. So, I don't know. But, yeah. And I, at first, I was just, 
absolutely mortified with myself when I like went to like Planned Parenthood and they um, tested me and everything. Um, I was just like, oh, great. Like, this is just the cherry on top of my life. Because I also have like, um, I have a kind of a rare condition called uh, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So that kind of affects like your connective tissues. So the logistics is like the symptoms is like you feel like it's a chronic pain 24-7. And it's kind of similar to like rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so on top of dealing with that every day, now I have herpes. And I was like, oh, fantastic. This is great. So what's the deal with but, herpes? Yeah. Is, it, is, is it forever or is it like chlamydia where you just take a few pills and you're done? Sadly... Sadly, it's with you for your entire life. Really? Every type of herpes, it's with yeah. you your entire life? Well, yeah. So there's two different types of herpes. There's HSV-1, which is what, like, most people have. Like, I think I've read, like, one statistic where it's, like, 80% of, like, the population has oral herpes. And that's just, like, if you get, like, a cold sore. Like, sure, a lot of people have. And it, is, like, that one, is that one the temporary one? Well, it kind of, <laughs> it's kind of difficult to explain, but basically with herpes, it can, you can have like an outbreak and it can like come and go. Like for me personally, like my first outbreak that I had lasted for like two and a half weeks. Um, and uh, then okay, so like, afterwards, like each, yeah, so like each time that you get an outbreak, it like gets lesser, like each time. So like my first so, outbreak, it was which one? Which one of these do you have? I have HSV two, so I have it okay, generally. So second one. Yeah. And how often does that one break out? Well, it was about once a month. Now I would say, and I usually get it around like you know my also weekly visit. So I think just like the hormones and stuff like that, everything kind of like kind of starts it, you know, because mm. it can also be triggered by like stress. You can get out like from stress or like other like physical activities. Sometimes you can get it like a trigger to that for an outbreak. So it's now, so are you now everyone that you have sex with? Is it is it sort of permanently transmissible? It depends. So it there's like all these different types of like statistics on like how much it's transferable and like if you use protection and then if you don't use protection. Um, but I've only had uh, like I'm in a relationship right now and that's the first person that I um, have been with since I was diagnosed. And we've been dating since like mid-December and he doesn't have any symptoms at all. Really? So it's very interesting. And like, there's been, I know it's, uh, so it can be. A wait, wait, wait. Can, I, can I ask you, I want to ask you real quick before you, before you continue. I want to ask you real quick. So when you, so, okay, so, so it was before December that uh, you were diagnosed mm -hmm. with herpes. And then you met this guy who is your boyfriend that you've been dating for about five months. And what was that conversation yeah. like? before you guys had sex where you had to be like 
hey, so listen, I got to uh, tell you about this thing. Yeah, so that's probably the hardest part um, because, like, I hung out with him about three times and just because, like, I wanted to feel it out first before, like, because it was my first time ever telling, like, a male that I was, like, interested with and that I, sure. like, hey, by the way, I have herpes, you know? Right. So I uh, want to, like, make sure, like, I don't know, that he was, like, a good person, I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, I basically, um, they call it, like, disclosing in the herpes world. But I disclosed to him, community. like, yeah, that's an actual thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just texted him. Um, like the third day of us like hanging out or whatever and I was just like you know like I enjoy like spending time with you blah 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 I think this would be like something that you know what you say to if you like someone <laughs> stuff like that and then I was like you know like a couple months ago I was diagnosed with herpes and I told him what my frequency was and how my out like when I get outbreaks and I told him, like, the percentage of, like, what's, like, transfer, transferable. And I sent him, like, this whole chart. On, so you um, sent in, you, you included visual aids. Yeah. Charts yeah. Because, like, and... I don't know. Yeah. Because, like, before I had herpes, I, like, I never knew anyone that had herpes. And I, like, well, sure. Well, so, okay. So, so, so you wrote all this stuff out for him. You sent it to him. And how does he respond? He had the most amazing response ever. <laughs> he what would he say? Basically, he said I was worth it and that he appreciates um, me coming out and kind of saying, like, what was going on. Um, and he basically said he wants to have, like, you know, wants to have a future with me or see how it goes. And it doesn't really matter to him. And, he, like, really? he obviously was, like, you know, like, um, he said, like, keep me in check on, like, what, how everything's going. Like, let me know if you're having an outbreak and when it's done. And, like, he was just trying to be, like, super supportive and everything like that. Really? So, so, it was so like, you can kind of find, like, so, so, so basically you guys have, like, sort of windows where it's not breaking out, where you can safely have sex and he won't get it. Well, it's still transferable. I think it's mm. like something and to like was a wide range, but it was like ten to thirty percent chance of transfer transferring if you don't have an outbreak and then I think it's like seventy five percent if you're like during an outbreak, but And how how but, many times had you hung out with this guy before you told him? I hung out with him three times. Three times. Yeah, this is interesting. This is like a, uh, you know, in a weird way, this functions as like a litmus test for you, you know? I mean, if you're the type of person who you're really seeking a long-term committed thing, this is a good litmus test for you because it's like, you know, three uh, uh, meetings in, you hit him with that, and you're like, all right, let's see if he's uh, in down for the count. You know, and you kind of get your answer there. Yeah. So in a weird way, it, it like, uh, like I said, works as this litmus test 
to kind of prove who's in and who's out. And you clearly have found exactly. somebody who is in. Yeah. So so moving so. forward, uh, you know, to kind of wrap this up, uh, things seem to be going, and you've been with this guy for five months. Um, you had a little bit of issues mm-hmm. with uh, your living situation. Uh, you know, before we go, Jessica, what's kind of like the next step for you? Do you think where, where where can we see your adventures taking you, uh, you know, in in the coming weeks? In the coming weeks, um, well, right now I'm unemployed, so I'm currently looking for a job, and I've been looking for a job since like I don't know, like mid March, and I just got a job interview on Wednesday for this um, as being like an administrative assistant at this doctor's office that does tr- like. Um, therapy for kids that have autism so hopefully that job interview and i'll be around um positive people constantly so uh well jessica thank you for uh sharing that with us is there anything else that you want to say to the people of the computer before we go um it gets better (laughs) sometimes hopefully yeah that's the caveat Thank you for calling, Jessica. All right. Thanks. Bye. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, that's a heavy thing to, like, have to... You know, I'm glad for her that, like, it it sounded like she wasn't on a super, super long search before she found somebody who was cool with the herpes. I'm happy for her about that because I almost, I, you know, I don't know what I would do if I were in that situation because she chooses, and, I, you know, look, I respect I respect the strategy that she went with. She's like, okay, let me get three dates in and then I'll bring it up. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I would do that. I don't know if I would do that versus, like, I mean, maybe not, look, maybe not the very first thing that comes out of my mouth, but, you know, opting to as soon as possible let it be known because look for some people that can be a big thing um but she opts to kind of do the slow burn and i'm glad it worked for her because that would have been uh kind of a crushing thing if she were to have invested all of that time dropped the bomb and then he was out uh you know and i mean look you know no Shame to anyone for you know any choices they make to do anything, but uh, you know, I'm glad it worked out for her, especially considering all the other shit that's uh, was going on in her life between the dog and the grandparents and everything. So at least she found someone who's cool with the herpes. I feel like that's I don't know I don't know I've never dated with herpes, but I assume that I I feel like that's got to be rare. To find someone like that quickly, who's cool with it, I feel like you would have to go through a lot of people before you found the one. So, so props to. Good luck for her. That's good luck, I would say. That's a. Uh, that's some. Uh, that's a. That's a four leaf. I'm trying to. Uh, God, how do I end the sense? It's a luck thing. It's a miracle from God. That's what I'll end this with. Thank you for sharing, Jessica. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello? Hello, Cole. What's going on, man? How's life, Cole? Uh, it's a whirlwind, man. It's just, you know, good days, bad days. Tell me, uh, tell me, let's, let's get into that. Tell me, let's start with the good days. What are the good days like? Uh, I like to stay busy. Uh, I really like sitting around a whole lot, like to be on the go. Uh, what are you busy with? What are you typically busy doing? Uh, uh, right now, just picking up extra shifts, making money, trying to distract myself. Okay. So on a good day, you're keeping busy and you're distracting yourself. Yes. Okay. That sounds like a lot. That sounds like my good days as well. Uh, is distracting yeah. myself with things and stuff until you sort of have to sit alone with your own whatever. Tell us what's going on on the bad days. <clears throat> I'm kind of finding myself in the middle of a uh, pretty screwed up love triangle and we're going on a little over seven months now and things have kind of gotten out of hand a love triangle you say should i should i say what's uh what the screener said or do you want to tell us in your own words about this love triangle well you can say what the screener said i'll get into it all right well cole it says here 25 years old from pennsylvania uh, it says that you're dating a married woman. Is that is that accurate? Yep, that's correct. Uh, it says you started dating her even though you knew she was married. It says you don't have any guilt over the situation. <laughs> and it says that your husband... Know, it says that the husband knows about you. I have so many questions about every aspect of this, so let's, let's kind of go one by one. Um, how did you meet this person? <laughs> I uh, met her on good old dating app, Tinder. I uh, yeah. wasn't really looking for anything in particular at the time. It was just kind of doing me, and things just kind of happened. And uh, the whole situation was she was actually looking for a friend with benefits, no strings attached, which I went along with, and things were fine for a period of time. And... Uh, then we both kind of developed emotions and things evolved pretty fast. And at what stage in your sort of courtship did she tell you that she was she was married? Uh, actually, before we even met, I knew she was married. Mm. Um, how did you know that? Was it like on her profile or something? Uh, no, actually, in, I believe, our first conversation, because we talked for quite a while, she actually messaged me first, 
and I got back to her not too long after, and we had a pretty long conversation, our first talk, and she told me that she was married, uh, had two children, and at this point in time, she gave me the impression that everything was fine and she was happy. But as I got to know her a little bit more, she got to know me, things started to slowly unfold, and she eventually revealed how unhappy she was and told me some things that any normal person in my mind, if we're done to them, they probably would have left, but she stayed. So So she was giving you this portrait of her marriage as pretty unhappy and of her husband, uh, it sounds, treating her poorly. Pretty much. I mean, he's there. He's there for the kids. But he doesn't really do much. And I do think the guy's a narcissist at this point. I've kind of gathered enough information. I don't, obviously, he hasn't been like formally diagnosed, but just off of stuff that she's told me, there's no doubt in my mind he's a narcissist. I think he's totally apathetic. Um, and okay, so so to kind of dive into the second point, it says that you don't have any guilt over the situation. Um, is a lot of that lack of guilt because of all the things you know about this guy that she's married to and how they point to uh, him being a narcissist? Absolutely, and just knowing how he's treated her over the years. I mean, because there's a lot of stuff I could get into here, man. Basically. The whole reason she was even seeking anybody is because they established an open marriage due to oh. him being unfaithful unfaithful pretty early on in their marriage, actually while she was pregnant with their first child. So they kind of had a battle going on for a few years, were cheating on each other, and I guess eventually one day sat down and said, you know, what are we doing here? And... uh they just, I guess, came to the conclusion they should stick it out while having intimate relationships with other people. Okay, so back, so back up real quick. So this is because that's important information. They're they're in an open sure. marriage. Yes. Okay, this because I mean, then I, then that I wouldn't consider that cheating if they have formally you know, communicated with one another that they're going to establish, you know, open up their marriage and have intimate relationships with other people. You know, if that's, you know, the bounds of their relationship discussed between the two of them, then that's, that's not cheating. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say she's, I don't know. It's debatable because I guess their whole agreement was mainly sexual, you know, strictly no strings attached, no feelings, which she had done for a few years successfully she was good at not really having feelings but she definitely that that switch was flipped with me and the feelings mutual so now it's a full-blown love triangle like it's not just sexual between her and i at this point so so listen i want to get into this i want to get into this last part i want to get into this last part And and this is sort of my my questions about this have changed now that I know that it's an open relationship. Her husband knows about you. Yeah, absolutely. Have you guys talked at all? 
Uh, I believe two or three times over the phone. I have seen him face to face one time, not directly, but like I was there. I was actually driving away in my car with my quote unquote married girlfriend in the car with me. And he wasn't very happy about it. He was chasing me down the street. He chased you down the street. Oh, yeah, he was trying to throw hands right out in front of his house. Hmm. Why is... But, but so, if they have an open marriage, they've agreed that they can mm-hmm. see other people, why is he then upset with you? I guess because he feels like I'm taking away his personal servant. That's my best guess. Hmm. So, how do you feel about uh, about this this person that you're that you're dating? Uh, I have really strong, deep feelings for her, man. I mean, I seriously love her. I do. It's you know, there's been many times now I've really considered leaving just for the sake of my own mental health. But it's just something about her, man. We're just drawn to each other, so I just can't find that energy, that motivation to just walk away as much as I want to, as much as the logical side of my brain wants me to do that. The emotional side just won't let me. Um, so you said so just now just... that you uh, want to walk away for the sake of your own mental health. So, uh, I mean, are you saying that this relationship has been detrimental to your mental health? Because I can, I can definitely ascertain as to why that might be. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it just comes down to jealousy, confusion, um, uncertainty. You know, just not knowing what's going to happen. I mean, there have been some developments, you know, throughout this seven-month ordeal. Neither of them are wearing their wedding ring anymore. They don't really sleep next to each other like they were. So... She might be on her way out the door, but I mean, she's been with them. They've been married for 12 years. They have two children, 10 and five, you know, so they have a lot of history together. So I know it's hard on her. I know she's like probably holding on to the memories and doesn't want to walk away. And I understand that, you know, I mean, I just got out of a two year relationship not long ago and that was hard. So I can imagine 12 years would be tough, but it's just like, this guy's broken every cardinal relationship rule and she's stayed, you know? So that's probably what's the toughest on my mental health is like jealousy, uncertainty, confusion. Now the kids, have you met them before? <clears throat> yeah, I've met them like three times. Uh, See, that's that is sort of an interesting aspect of this because, you know, especially when you're like, I feel like it's probably different for the 10 year old than maybe the five year old because like, I I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know anything about fucking child psychology. I don't know what a 10 year old would make of this whole situation, but a five year old, it's like hard for them to know how to see you. Right. Do you you kind of feel that from them? Yeah, her five-year-old daughter is, she's at that age, you know, she's 
like self-aware and she remembers stuff, but she's definitely that age where I don't think she'll really entirely know what's going on. Her 10 year old son's actually very smart, really sweet kid, really polite. Like she's instilled great values in these kids already. And they're really young, but like with him being so smart, I think he definitely has an idea of what's going on. So I, I mean, yeah, from their perspective, Sure. I mean, I guess part of me feels bad. I mean, me personally, my parents split when I was three. They got a divorce when I was really young. So it hits kind of close to home, but I wasn't as old as they are either. So I can't really tell you how that would affect them. You know, it was just kind of the norm for me because it happened so early on. Hmm. And, you know, in your... I assume because because you're telling me that uh, you know you love this woman a lot and that I assume you you see some form of a of a future with her and therefore some form of future where you're like in the lives of her children. Absolutely. Um. Okay. From what you've heard, and by the way, this com- this call it's not gonna uh, involve me. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, advising you on what to do in this situation, because um, you know I don't really think that, uh, and I don't even get the sense that you're wanting that from me. But uh, I don't know if I can give that. But anyway, um, what do you what do you sense of the relationship between these children and their father? Uh, from what I've gathered, I mean, he doesn't do anything with them. Like, he's just there. And she's also said that many times. He's like a mindless zombie that just goes to work and comes home and does nothing. Like, she cooks, she cleans, she takes the kids out. Like, she keeps them active. He doesn't really do anything. He's not too involved with anyone, like her or their kids. Which is another thing that bothers me. It's like, I feel like he doesn't parent. He just expects her to do everything, you know? Hmm. All right, I know I totally just said that I wouldn't give my input on the situation, but here are my thoughts. Um, I can really see that you have, like, uh, genuine, pure intentions uh, for all these people, you know, for this woman and for her kids, and that you truly, like, care. Um, because you're clearly invested. Mm-hmm. You know, I can, like, hear it in your voice. You're clearly invested in the well-being of this woman and her kids, and you clearly are super empathetic uh for all the i you haven't told us about it and uh, it's i don't know if it's yours to tell versus hers to tell but uh you know all, all the sort of shit that you've heard her husband do to her um and it's great that you have that empathy and it's an important thing to have uh you know when you're developing a relationship with a person but the problem man is that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when the push comes to the shove, uh, there is nothing that you can do to influence this woman's relationship uh, with her husband. Like, at, like she has to be the one to, to say, okay, I've had enough of this, I'm leaving. And I don't know how... Dude, I don't know how good it is for you to be like 
biting your nails, watching over, continuing to get more invested in her life until she makes that decision. Because you can't, you can't make that decision for her. She, she has to make the decision on her own. And you can't just like sit there continuing to get more and more and more invested, waiting for her to leave. Even if you're doing all of this with like the purest, sweetest intentions, she has to pull that trigger, dude. And and there's nothing you can really do. I mean, you can like, you know, tell her like, oh, he's wrong for you for these reasons and these reasons. And you can do all the best you can to let her know why you think this guy is a narcissist and why he's bad for her. And you can do it, again, from the purest place in your heart, but she has to come to all those realizations on her own at the end of the day because you can't break them up for her. She has to do it on her own. And I I, I hate hearing that you're standing by so heavily invested in this situation that you just have no fucking control over because she has to be the one to break up with him at the end of the day. I mean, what do you think about that? Exactly. No, you're absolutely right. And that's a lot of the problem too. I mean, I do have control issues to a point and that's also hard on me because you're right. I absolutely have like no control in this situation. No control of the situation. (laughs) And what really sucks is like, she doesn't want me to leave you know she wants me to basically be sitting here idly by because anytime i try and leave like she freaks the fuck out like dude I, she dude. doesn't want me to leave. what do you want you know you need to make dude. up your mind make a decision and where she's at now is she dude. you know she keeps telling me she doesn't want to do it for me she doesn't want me to be the reason you know dude um again i really you know I, I really I feel like you're coming at this with uh, nice intentions and you really care about this person as a fellow human being. Um, and so I can tell why you're reacting very strongly to uh, her, like, as you say, freaking out uh, when you're talking about leaving. But, mm-hmm. like, dude, this woman, I, I don't know her. I don't know anything about her relationship. I don't know anything at all about her relationship with you, her relationship with her kids, her relationship with her husband. But we do know that the only the only person that can make that decision of leaving her husband is her. So like she's yeah. either she's 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 either got to man, she's either got to leave or or stick it out. But like to to be you know holding you on the side keeping in bed that's that's not fair to you, man. So, you know, that's not fair to you, you know, and maybe I'll be the person to let you know that's not fair to you and kind of because you because you you just said just now you're telling that to her. Um, So, you know, you're aware that it's not fair to you. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, dude, it's not fair to you. I don't think that. You know, uh, clearly you whole... have good in- as as I'll, as I'll keep saying. Clearly, it sounds to me like you have good intentions. Uh, you have empathy, you care about people. Fucking yeah, go use that somewhere where it can be better appreciated. Yeah, I hear that. 
Yeah, it's the whole logic versus emotion, man. Because like I said, my logic absolutely tells me. That's the line that I walk every day, you know. And a lot of time the emotions prevail. I wish the logic would prevail more because if it did, I mean, yeah, I would have removed myself from this situation probably like five months ago. Because, I mean, the longer we drag this out, it's just... Oh, it's going to keep getting... Everything's it's going to just keep getting fucking know. worse, man. It's just going to keep getting worse. Exactly. And it has, you know, her and I fight way too often over the same thing. We just rehash. And it's like, it's because nothing's changing, you know. Dude. Kind of What's her name? Cole? Yep. Cole, listen, I, I know I'm a gecko man on the internet. You should never listen to anything that uh, a, a guy in a gecko <laughs> costume on the internet tells you to do. But you should really, really, really consider... Uh, all the aspects of the situation and whether or not it makes sense for you to continue to be invested in this stuff. I don't even have to tell you this stuff. You already know this stuff. You already you already know everything sure. I would say to you. Sure, absolutely. I just figured you'd tell me I need to leave because any sensible, normal person, I've considered going to counseling and like laying it all on the table for them. But I, you know, I already figured they're just going to tell me, you know. It's not good for your mental health. You should probably leave. That's the easy. Okay, so you see, so you know, it's not good for your mental health. You've asked me. Yeah. You, you you're like putting you're like having fantasies in your head of telling people the situation and then confirming it for you to leave. You I'll, 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 <laughs> again, I'm trying not to tell you what to do, but you have all the evidence that uh, it sounds like you need to make your informed decision. I would say so. Could just be denial, emotions, you know, hanging um, on. It's all uncertainty factor. Like maybe she'll leave, but I don't know. You know. Cole, is there um, anything? Uh, is there anything else you would like to say to the people at the computer before we go? Uh, never date a married woman. I'd I'd say that that's uh, say that's good advice. Um, listen, if I can hammer in one final point, if I can just hammer in a final point before we conclude this conversation, um, it is that again I've said this three times. I'll say it a fourth. You're clearly a dude who has capacity for empathy for other people, which is great to have. That's a nice thing. Go fucking use that in a situation. That is uh, more welcoming to it than the one that you're currently in. That's 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 the last thing I'll tell you. All right, that's fair. Cole, thank you for talking to a gecko on the phone. Yep, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Take care, baby. Thanks. Cole, 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 Cole. Um, I was gonna. I was thinking about what I was going to say in my post-call monologue, but I don't have anything to say that I didn't say during the call. Uh, I don't know anything about the situation with the uh, the. Here's the thing. All here's by the way. Here's another thing. Is um everything I told Cole, I I probably would have told him. Like like okay the. The factor of whether or not the wife's husband is a jerk to her, that's that almost doesn't even that doesn't even like matter in Cole's decision making. 
Like it shouldn't even be a factor. Like like it's it's not one. It, it's not at least to, in my opinion one of the key elements of the situation, because the situation is Cole is invested in a person uh, who he is waiting on to uh, make a decision as to whether or not she wants to be with him, and that uh, he shouldn't wait on her. That whether or not the husband is 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 a good guy to the wife that that doesn't even it's not even a factor. It's that Cole shouldn't be, you know, waiting on someone to pull a trigger or not as to whether or not he's going to be with them if, he, if he's getting that invested in them. So I hope Cole does whatever uh, he feels best is to do for him. And uh, and I am I am very much a uh, gecko on the computer. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 